0: You are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hi, I'm Rachel George, and I'm in Los Angeles, and Santa Tabanez is in Nashville, and this is The Girl Boss Next Door.
1: Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the Girl Boss Next Door. I'm Jill Santa Benez, and we have. Hi, I'm Rachel George.
2: And I'm Nancy Veldman.
1: Hey, Hi, Nancy.
2: Nancy. <laughs> hey.
0: Good morning. Thank you so much for well,
1: joining us. Good afternoon.
0: That's <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Um, you're our Girl Boss Next Door today. Um, you are such a girl boss. You opened Magnolia House. 27 years ago in Grayton Beach. Tell
2: That's us everything.
0: Correct. Tell us this whole story.
2: Okay. I, I had not done retail before. I had worked on a cattle ranch doing embryo transfer. Oh, and awesome. when I moved to Florida and remarried, I had the opportunity to open Magnolia House in an old fishing village called Grayton Beach. And it was very quaint. There were live oak trees canoping the road. It was absolutely breathtaking. And I was in a little cottage, um, almost seems like a fairy tale. Uh-oh. And um, when my father passed away, I'm I started hearing I'm start, I started hearing music in my head, and I've written 100 songs on the piano. And um, I brought my piano in the store and started playing it for Amazing. customers. Yes, it, it was a, a real powerful time because um, I don't know what key I'm in. And um, so I made CDs and uh, we hired musicians to do the background. And so that was my my music journey. Very powerful. Wow. So did that all kind of happen
0: at the same time that you opened Magnolia
2: House? It was about a year into the shop. I thought okay. I was just going to have a, a plain gift shop that women like to come and shop in. But I think, you know, God had a different purpose for me. And uh, when Dad died and I started hearing the music, cancer patients start coming in my store by the hundreds. And my music went into 500 hospitals and cancer centers. Um, It was it was the most powerful time I've ever had in my life. Um, You know, everybody's wanting to know their purpose in life. And um, and I was over 40 when I found myself. Um, I had raised two daughters and worked as a legal secretary and all kind of jobs. But when I when I took this on, my world opened up. I mean. I had no idea what was ahead of me.
0: That's so important. I think um, because, like you said, you were a mom, you were a secretary. You know, you had different purposes for different stages of your life. And then look what happened. You know, you thought, OK, now is time for a gift shop. But no, it, it was actually just a hub, a place where you could really, um, you know, invite your other talents to kind of come out.
2: It, it became a gathering place uh people from all over the world came in my store and uh, they were quite taken by the music i think um, i think god did something to the music because i'm not that good of a pianist <laughs> and um, That's but not w- true. well when they heard the music they would cry they would oh my gosh we had so many moments in the shop where somebody was angry and they would hug me, and we would talk about it, and they would be free from that anger, and um, it was just so powerful. Vietnam War vets, children with autism, it just helped so many people, and um, at the same time, it was whittling away at me and teaching me about being a servant to people, being giving and loving.
1: That's beautiful, and and I love to. Uh, I was lucky enough to meet you a few times at Magnolia House in, in Mississippi. And uh, the first time was with uh, TJ and I represent uh, author Mark Grish, and uh, he was there for a book. And also recently, uh, John uh, Caldwell was there, that uh, Lee Perkins' husband. We were we were able to see them. Uh, TJ and I were able to see them at his book signing. And that was wonderful. And, and TJ and I just love your place. And it, it just has every every beautiful thing you can imagine. It has home goods. It has clothing for women and for for kids. My, my daughter, our two year old, we took her in there and she saw the stuffed animals and she was just so excited, especially around Christmas time. You just you make that beautiful. And I think what's really smart is you have your music playing as you enter the store. So while you're shopping, it's this beautiful music that's playing. Your your store is gorgeous and you do such a great job.
2: Thank you so much. Well, one thing I try to share with women is um, when they are reaching their 40s, they're wondering what to do with themselves. And I hope I can be a good example to them or an inspiration that there's absolutely no limit to what we can do. Um, When I moved out of that beach house, I moved into a big outdoor mall with corporate stores. And that's when I started writing the novels, one a year for nine years. And uh, and I'm not through yet. I've got another book in me. So, um, you know, we we chat about uh, what we want to do all our lives or what we think we want to do. And most of us never do it. And that's what we we want to encourage other people to step out and and do it. It mm-hmm. is life changing. I mean, it, it not only changes your life, but everybody else that's around you. Mm-hmm. So that's powerful.
0: I think that's one of the reasons why Jill and I really wanted to, you know, do something. um That was positive for other women because it's like you just said so many people say that they want to do something they wish they they could um you know they have a fear almost a fear of being successful sometimes or they have you know a personal doubt um they look at other people and they think oh i wish i could be like that so you know when we do interviews with people like you you know you have so much success you really have you know done so much for other people as well Um, It's important to share your story with other people because, you know, like you said, especially women who are in their 40s, you know, 50s, there's no limit. There's there's not an age on what we're supposed to do
1: with our with our lives and make it seem attainable because people just they might have an idea in their heads. But you I think the fact that you not only have your store, but you do your watercolor paintings, you do the music Mm -hmm. and you do the writing. It's it's great that you're showing people, hey, this is possible. You know, you yeah. don't have to just focus on one thing in life. If you have multiple ideas, then just go for it.
2: Well, women are good at juggling more than one thing. Yeah. And um, and and I did find I had more time than I thought I did. But uh, one other thing I want to point out, I spent about a couple years in Destin feeding the homeless. And yeah. and that's another thing we talk about is, you know, there's we're sad about them or we or we're afraid of them, or we don't know what to do to help them, or we can't cure them. There's all kind of reasons why you don't do it. But when I fed the homeless, I tell you what, that, that stripped me down to ground level. And um, I walked in the woods and saw where they slept. I left them lunches. I left them notes. It was, a, it was one of the most powerful moments in my life uh, to do that. So that's There's so many things we can do as people to help other people and be sensitive. And um, it just makes me excited to think of what's next. You know, what's going to happen next?
0: You never know. Well, you don't know. I mean, you know, you just you take the steps and then God does everything else. right?
2: That's right.
0: You open my new house and look what happened. Um, it opened this kind of spiritual doorway. It sounds very spiritual when you talk about the music and the healing. Um, you definitely have a healing aura. I think that people are drawn to you because, well, if you're a healing um, soul, I think people come to you because that's what they need.
2: You they know, do you need it, yeah. yeah. And and they're, um, they want somebody to listen m- mm-hmm. mostly. And so most of the time I would just, I would hug them. And listen and let them tell me their horror story of going through chemo and losing their hair and their breasts and everything. And and then love them and um, give them my music and pray for them. But it, uh, I had one lady that was dying. They sent her home to die and God gave me a song for her. And I gave it to her to play 24-7. She lived another 20 years. Oh my gosh. She lived another twenty years. It that altered me because I I realized the power of what we do for each other. You right. know, I prayed for her and I got that song. I didn't sit on it, I actually sent it to her, and she acted, she played it, and it was a healing. Oh my gosh, that song turned was beautiful. It's called Angel for Ruthie. And um and my music is on uh, YouTube, iTunes, and Amazon. So
0: yeah, we're going to leave links where everybody can access that and they can hear your music for themselves. Um, I was just going to say, I I don't know if it's the wrong thing to say, but we're all dying. You know, yeah. it it's just that some people are told they may die sooner than than they thought. Exactly. Or, you know, but we are. You know, we're we're here to live. But we ultimately we're all you know, we are all dying technically. It depends how you what your beliefs are, but I know that the soul goes somewhere else, and you know that's it, right. You
2: know, there's
0: there's other things. You know, but um, it's funny how telling somebody that can can change the course of of what happens next. Even some people might actually start to live
2: more. Yes, it's, it's amazing. She,
0: she, that, you know, she wasn't you. ready
2: to go. Yeah.
0: No, that's right. And she, she met you ready. on that. She met you yes. at the most vulnerable part of her journey, and
2: look what happened. <laughs> and, th- and thank God I was um, coherent enough to um, to listen to her and, and not be afraid to get that deep into her problem or her pain. Uh, a lot of people are very uncomfortable. Some of my employees were very uncomfortable with that. They didn't want to go that far, you know. And and that's how people feel about the homeless, uh they wouldn't dare hug them. I hugged them every day. Not one homeless man acted inappropriate to me. They didn't even smell. And um, so I learned to love them. And, I mean, I could do it every day the rest of my life. I, I got They've got my cell phone number.
1: <laughs> Everybody's struggling with something, right? Everybody yeah. has, has something that they're dealing with every day. So it's right. the... The easiest, the cheapest. I mean, it's free to be kind. It's just free. You know, kindness goes so far and treating people with respect. Everybody should be treated with respect. It doesn't matter what station you are in life. You know, you should just be treated with respect and, and you should not be judged. There's no reason for, for anybody to judge anybody. And, you know, just embracing people and, and just lifting each other up. And and really, that's another reason why Rachel and I started this show was to lift each other up. Women, you know, we need to be promoting each other constantly because everybody reaches milestones, like Rachel likes to call it. Everybody reaches milestones and they should be celebrated and right. and promoted because not everybody has a platform like Rachel and I do. Not everybody, uh, you know, is is actors in L.A. You know, Rachel and I met in Los Angeles on set. So we just love being creative. Rachel actually recently she and her husband they're super creative people. They're writers and actors and and they did a feature film in Atlanta and and mm-hmm. now it's on like all all platforms. You can find it and something, you know, help promote it. Like that's that's so exciting to Absolutely. me. That's why we're here, because when we do it, when we do something like that, it feels good.
0: It feels natural. It you know, when, we, when we compete with each other, it doesn't feel natural. It feels wrong. But then as soon as you start talking about someone else, lifting someone else up, you know, feeding someone else, hugging someone else, these just feel natural and good because we're supposed to be doing them. You know, That's I fun. mean, you and TJ are also filming right now. Um, your movie. I don't even know how you have time to be here right now, Jill. <laughs> do like 150
1: things right now. Um,
0: oh I saw you guys are filming it's yesterday. Fun,
1: it's so it looks
0: fun. fun. Yeah, it, it looks it's
1: like, fun. I would rather be on set, and you know, you just find the energy, especially when you're a mom. We're all moms. You just find mm. the energy. So yeah. you know, you find the energy to be creative oh, because it. it's what you love to do. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, you, it's what you love to do. So you have to do what you love or, you know, what are you doing with your life, right? That's
2: exactly. right.
0: I know. We don't want any regrets right here. We, we don't like that no. kind of thing. Yeah, we push no. each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Nancy, I know you've done, you know, a hundred things too. What achievement do you think that you're personally most proud of? I know you've done so many things, Um, but if you could say one thing um, really uh, made you proud of yourself, what would that one thing be?
2: I think it would be the the music because that was, uh, I'm an introvert. It took everything I had to play those songs in the store, to record the music, to put that music out there. I was so, even now I get nervous if I have to play in front of people, but I went ahead and did it because I felt like that's what God wanted me to do. And I also saw results of when I did do it it affected people every single time and so um, that kind of feeds your motivation you know to keep going and uh, overcome so I think I grew most most of my growth came from the music and then maybe second was um, same way with writing the novels you're putting your your soul out there. Your your words are out there, and I think words are more powerful than people realize. Um, that once they're written or spoken, they can't be removed. You know, they're out there forever, and so um, mm, you can affect a lot of people with with your words. Mm-hmm. Can I talk well, about I that you.
1: a little bit? Let's let's touch on your your novels because you've written quite a few. Can we can we talk about what they're focused on? Because I know that every novel is different.
2: I, I've got nine completely different books, but some of them are political. Some of them are military and some are general fiction. And I without even knowing it, I pulled from characters in my life that that I had run upon, you know, and and that was so much fun to bring those people into my books and um um and I also learned i even learned from the novels I wrote um when I read them now they affect me, so I think I lost myself when I was writing the book. I kind of became the character and um so it it was a journey that that was a very different journey than writing music, huh. You have to let yourself, just like y'all when you're acting, when you're writing a novel, you have to, I became the man that I was writing about, or the woman, so I could think like they think. Mm-hmm. So that has to be similar to you guys when you act. Yeah, I'm right too.
1: That's it's a great joke. You write, too. So, yeah. It, you actually, it's you're too, putting yourself in the mind of the character.
2: Yes.
0: And And what that behavior would really be, you know, how would they really behave? What would they really say?
2: Yeah, because otherwise it doesn't feel real when the reader reads it. And the the better you can do that, the more real the person becomes. Um, I have one book called The Physician. If I read the epilogue to my husband, both I can't even get through the page. We both start crying before we're even. It's the craziest thing. But it's that real. I mean, it just feels real. That's a real talent. Yeah. So I I I would encourage women to write if they feel that urge, because I think my books have, um, have been a powerful thing in my life, too. I, I've written four spiritual books before huh. the novels and the spiritual books were mind-boggling i would be upstairs writing and i would just run down the steps and say richard look what look what just came out you know of my i, I didn't even know where it came from so just exciting it was all exciting to me
0: anyway, i'm definitely interested to to read the spiritual books you've read cause that's i'm a complete uh, hippie. <laughs> so, i'm all about like spiritual like energy of everything so i i would love to go and, and take a
2: look at those books they're on amazon uh those spiritual books are not they're just in my store but okay. um I'd love, one. One? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to send just you say, one i'd love to send one to you okay, too. okay. <clears throat> yeah they they make you think and they make you um look at life a little differently and um so uh, I really learned a lot from that, um, but I think when you said um, when you get a nudge inside yourself or a a, a leading, it doesn't shout. It's kind of quiet, but it will bug you enough to where you you need to do it. If you don't do it, you're you're going to be kind of lopsided. You're not going to develop like you could have developed. So. I had the nerve to you know to do the watercolors, and then I wrote the spiritual books um the music came first. I don't know it was just once you get in that flow um yeah. anything I feel like anything could happen. it's crazy. Yeah. I have the water I have prints of my watercolors at the shop, yes, oh wow, we yeah. have to
0: look- put these up, yeah, yeah.
1: Yes. Let's, let's talk about the watercolors because the watercolors, they are completely different. You're not just focused on one thing. Just like how creative you are, you're not just focused on one thing. Your watercolors definitely show that too. Like all the different sides of you.
2: Right. And I, I think I'm I can only paint what I'm drawn to. Um so I'm drawn to people's faces and expressions and um and then nature um landscapes, um but I really have to feel drawn to it to paint it. And right. that that yeah. probably comes out in the art, you know.
0: But yeah, you to be in the mood.
2: Yeah, That's right.
0: And I
2: can't I can't go sit at the piano and just say I'm gonna write a song. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It it has it's to come. Cool. And yeah. um in the novels the novels are amazing. If I just get a title in my head, I'm r I could go tomorrow and start writing. If all I need yeah. is a title. Mm-hmm. And I just start chapter one. And um that makes me want to go do it right now. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so powerful. I, I just wish everybody could experience that and not just like talk about it. Jill, like you said, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And
1: let's, let's talk about Mississippi because you're in Mississippi, and so you moved from Florida. You and your husband moved to Mississippi, and because you have family in Mississippi, you're originally from Memphis, but you have family in Mississippi because, and that's that's important. Family, you have to be around family. I feel the exact same way. Family is so important, and uh, and I know Rachel is a big family person too. Can we talk about your family, and and also we want to talk about Silo Square where your store is located, because that's, yes. also, yeah. that's
2: also a big deal. I was raised in Memphis and actually got the key to the city of Memphis for my humanitarian efforts. That was an honor. Bravo. But, but listen to this. Uh, at that ceremony, I had to speak and play the piano in front of 500 women at the um, <laughs> Salvation God. Army luncheon, and um, I didn't know they were going to give me the key to the city. But oh the my ju- God. but listen to this, it gets worse. um I had a brother at eighteen who committed suicide oh, so sorry. and at at oh. this sir at this uh luncheon this this man that was younger than me, of course everybody's younger than me um, he sat down with me at the table before he presented it to me, and he asked me where I lived in Memphis, and I said, off of high Point Terrace, and he said, well he asked me my maiden name draper and and then he said well i was your brother's best friend oh my gosh oh my gosh so look what god did he he let my brother's best friend give me the key to the city of memphis Oh wow! is that unbelievable you can't plan that you know and he had no idea that i was uh david's sister so it, it, it was so powerful but um Anyway, my two daughters were raised in Mississippi, and then I went through a divorce and moved to Destin and remarried, and I was there 30 years, so now I'm back home, and um, I'm around my five grandchildren and my husband. Yeah, it, it's such a blessing to be, to have them in my life again. Yeah, mm-hmm. you came full circle. I came full circle, that's right.
1: Yeah. And let's talk about your location, your location. Everybody, all your family gets to enjoy it. It's in a beautiful location in South Haven, Mississippi.
2: Let me tell you about Silo Square. I I was in Destin when I heard about it. And my daughter was telling me about Silo Square and and I looked online at the development. And we came up here and met with the uh, developer and I just felt like it was the perfect spot for Magnolia House.
1: It's gorgeous.
2: Fallow oh. Square is going to be the most unbelievable place to work, to live, to play, and eat. There's going to be many restaurants, many shops, apartments above, over 300 houses in the back, a hotel. Oh. Um, just incredible development. And, and he's, he's doing, Brian Hill's the developer, he's doing a fantastic job. So I'm very excited to be here.
0: Oh, that's great. How exciting. That's nice.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a very unique place it, uh COVID has affected the development, yeah. you know, slowed yeah. it down. But um, but we're all just being steadfast and we know what's to come. We know all the yeah. good that's coming. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Very and exciting. I love
1: that you're open. I mean, you know, COVID, COVID aside, you guys you guys have stayed open. And and when did you open your store?
2: we opened a year ago um this saturday oh wow yeah, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <up>. yeah.
0: thank <laughs> you That's so and, great.
2: Uh, <laughs> it is neat um i put a fireplace in the middle of my shop and you know for most of this year we have that fireplace on because it just creates this it's atmosphere amazing. in the store yeah, yeah. So
0: it's inviting amazing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we got a
2: grand piano in here and um, so it just feels kind almost like a living room, you know? Yes, oh, it, so
1: does. Nice. it does. T.J. and I actually had to go down the street uh, to get some coffee for him, and I got some tea at Coffee Central uh, in uh, South Haven because he said I'm sitting on this sofa next to the fireplace with these beautiful, these beautiful throw blankets and pillows, and he oh. said I'm gonna fall asleep. I'm gonna fall asleep <laughs> before this book signing. And the music, her music playing, you just feel like you're like so relaxed oh. music, and it smells lovely in there, and it's like
2: amazing. I would say this one thing to to women out there when whatever you do, do it with excellence, do it as hard and hard as you can, even though it's it was a hard road doing all this. It was a lot of work, but yeah. i I busted my butt doing it <laughs> you know I, I didn't slack and so it, it's not magical it doesn't just fall on you and then you have this wonderful thing you work hard doing it and you sacrifice in so many areas but the value of that is is there's no price you could put on that I mean it's it's phenomenal and the people you might affect right
0: the people you met the people that came into your life that needed you
2: And you needed them, you know, yeah. I have hundreds of letters that I stored in bins of people that I hope my life touched. And, you know, how can you, you can't put a dollar amount on that. You hope when you die that you have affected most people for the good. That's my goal in life. And it started back when the music came. I just said, Lord, let me affect the most people for good while I'm here.
0: So thank you once again for joining us on The Girl Boss Next Door.
2: I'm Rachel George, Jill Santabinez, and And Nancy Feldman. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to The Girl Boss Next
1: Door with executive producer, host, Jill Santabinez, and producer, host, Rachel George. The Girl Boss Next Door is recorded in Nashville and Los Angeles.